Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made as a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we are chatting with successful business owners to hear their stories of the journey to building their business. And because we know that achieving success in business is not something that we do on our own, we're taking an opportunity to thank and appreciate those who have helped us along the way. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from North Carolina with us, my guest, um, balances her technical right brain with a desire to be creative. And she's babbled in um, writing and acting. So we'll have her tell us a little bit more about that. And in her downtime, she enjoys stretching her culinary skills as well as the cinema. And she's most proud of building a six-figure business, which we're going to learn a little bit more about. So it is my pleasure to welcome Carlene to the show today. Hello, Carlene. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you to your audience for even checking in to watch us today. Awesome. Well, hey, you are very welcome. It is uh, awesome to have you on the show. So let's start by um, having you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born and live and about your family and, and those sure. hobbies that I uh, just uh, mentioned. <laughs> Yeah, so my name is Carlene LeMay, and I was born and raised in Washington, D.C., and if you ask a lot of people where they're from and they say D.C., they usually mean the suburbs, but I was born and raised in the city, um, and like most people, you move out, and now, unfortunately, I can never move back because D.C. is so expensive, um, <laughs> but that's where I'm from. I am now in North Carolina, where I've been for the last 19 years, so my youngest of three children is 21, which means North Carolina is home to them, really. That's all they ever really, they really know. Um, I am married to my husband. We've been married for six years, and he has four adult children of his own. So together, we have seven adult children and a grandchild. So that's kind of my personal story. Um, and when I'm not working, as you mentioned, I love to cook. It used to be a dream of mine to go on like Master Chef or Next <laughs> Level Chef, but I realized I'm a slow cook, <laughs> and in those shows, you have to be a fast cook. So yeah. I don't think I can do that. Um, and yeah, you mentioned cinema. I love watching movies and films and I used to um, do some acting and some writing. I've acted in a bunch of short films for film competitions and I was even an extra on a Morgan Freeman film years ago when I was living in DC, was filming, I got the opportunity. Very cool. Awesome. Um, so what type of writing do you do? Well, when I was doing writing right now, I will say business ownership is consuming most yeah, of my time, right? <laughs> but it was definitely fiction, um, some poetry, and I really enjoy film writing because just of how you could describe the settings of what yeah. you, were, you were trying to see. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so one day I'll get back there. <laughs> so right now your hobby is business ownership. Yes. All, <laughs> the all consuming business ownership. Yes. Well, hey, tell us a, um, a funny story that your family likes to you know, to, to share about you. And is there one that you'd be willing to, you know, to, to share with us today? Yeah, this is a funny one. It is actually fairly recent. My husband, um, my master bedroom is actually on the first level. So he was in the kitchen and he heard this loud thump come from our bedroom. And of course, he's going to check to see what happens. He comes over, he sees my feet kind of in the door frame where a bathroom is kind of if you can picture the Wicked Witch of the West right from Dorothy and he peeks over and I'm laying on the floor and he's like what happened I says well I was doing pirouettes and I fell so literally I was kind of going back to my teenage days <laughs> pretending I could do ballet head on socks <laughs> and he had the same reaction you did and he said never a dull day with you so. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well thank you for sharing well, well 
many people will get a chuckle out of that. <laughs> I hope so. My backside didn't, but you know, no, it is what right? it is. <laughs> so Carlene, tell us um, how did business come about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? I've always had an interest in owning a business or being involved in business. And kind of one of the earliest memories I have is um, an uncle of mine and a cousin, they opened a pizza shop, pizza shop in an area back when Domino's would not serve this area. So it's one of these underserved areas, right? And for a summer job, I worked there and I was working like taking orders and occasionally I would make a pizza. But I realized some of the things like, well, why are we running out of cheese or pizza place and now you have to go to Costco and pay whole you know retail instead of getting things wholesale and it was one of those things where you kind of instinctively realized that business was a thing and when I went to college I still wanted to be an actress and but I ended up being a business major instead <laughs> so <laughs> kind of, um, and so I started I was a hustler and I did things part-time here and there and then I started this business under a previous day part-time when I have a full-time job and it started growing so much so that I actually hired a part-time employee while I was working for someone else full-time oh, wow. and it just kind of went from there that is awesome so tell us a little bit more about the company what's the name what do you guys do how do you help folks yeah so we are c2 accounting and business support and our focus is actually uh more on the bookkeeping side so our focus is on the back end the things that small business owners need to do to keep the business running but they may not always want to do it so yes. it's just it's kind of you know a necessary evil um but when people reach out to us they're usually in some sort of distress no one's going to call a bookkeeper when things are going well so either you know they're doing the books themselves and they don't really know what they're doing um a spouse is doing it so it's causing some sort of like strife in the relationship or they have a an admin person in the office and they're like here you're a warm body we have quickbooks the two of you should meet and then they do it and so when things kind of get a little stressed out that's when we get a call and so our job is to kind of go in and see where the problems are see how we can fix it get them healthy and hopefully they work with us on ongoing we keep them healthy Wonderful. I'm sure you've uh, experienced some some very interesting uh, uh, set of books. Yes, <laughs> we have. <laughs> and the names have been, you know, uh, taken away to, to protect it. The, 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 the identity of the guilty or something like that. <laughs> now, share us a story where uh, someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, maybe even when you didn't think that you could and the impact that that person had on you. I'm going to have to give credit to my husband um, because he was he was and is my biggest supporter. Um, and when I was doing this part time and I was was really becoming a real business, I'm actually paying myself and it got to the point where I don't know how many long lunches you can take when you have a full time job or how many times <laughs> you sneak out to make a phone call. And this is before, even though this was still, you know, only uh, seven, eight years ago, it was before Zoom was really popular. Yeah. So um, we had a conversation and he said, you know, I think you could do this if you could do it full time. And so we crunched the numbers, we got our finances in order as a family, so I could leave my job, which I did in December of 2020, no, December 2017. Wow, it's been that long. December 2017, and then here I am. So I will say a little side note for anyone leaving their full-time job to become a full-time business owner, um, don't continue living like you have a full-time paycheck in those first mm. few months, which is a mistake that I made. So <laughs> it's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. And what's your husband's name? 
My husband's name is Greg. Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, it's awesome. Um, having gone through a, a similar uh, you know, example of, of having that support from, from my spouse, I know how critical that is to, to be able to feel confident and jump jumping in with both feet when, you know, when your husband, or in my case, when my wife was supportive mm -hmm. and encouraging of that. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that you had that support. Yeah, I think choosing a good partner in life is, is just one of the best things you can do because they can really either make your life easier or harder. So <laughs> choose wisely, people. <laughs> so Carlene, what's your biggest learning as a business owner? Um, one of the things that has been my business uh, learning, biggest learning, was to run my business as a CEO. Mm. And not necessarily as an entrepreneur. And that, that's not to slight entrepreneurship because I'm passionate about entrepreneurship. But as a CEO of the business, you're really looking at things at a high level, right? And you're trying to build a team around you that's because you can't do it all yourself. Yeah. So I think um, that was the biggest learning curve for me was I had to take off like I work for myself hat and put yes. on I am a CEO yes. hat. Yes, we it actually um, that reminds me of uh, something that we coach our clients on. It's the um, entrepreneurial ladder. So, you know, we all start mm. as employees, then we become self-employed. Then we become a manager and we hire employees. Then, then we become a, what we call a true business owner. And, and that business owner, you know, is working towards, you know, what you're saying is that CEO mindset of having a mm -hmm. business that can run without us. And exactly. there's really three mindset shifts that we have to make, right? Mm. So we all start with an employee mindset, right? Then we'll, mm -hmm. then we'll go into owner operator mindset, right? Yes. And that's a big shift. Um, but then we have to go to that CEO mindset where, you know, we're not doing all the day-to-day -day activities anymore. And, and that, I find that's a really tough shift for a lot of business owners to make because you have to let go, right. And trust that it's going to be able to do it as well as you. Yeah. Yeah, that is hard. I have given people advice when they are still in the owner operator mode and before they're hiring that first person mm -hmm. to take everything that's in your head and get it on paper, document that your processes, because training someone seems overwhelming when you have to physically sit there and do it. But yeah. if they have things that they can follow, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, it sure does. And um, and the the great thing about that is the person that you're training will let you know of things that are confusing, right? Of what yeah. you wrote down, they're like, I don't understand it. Great, it's an opportunity to make that training document even stronger. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. And go back and, and do it yourself sometimes. You'd be surprised mm. that you can't follow your, your <laughs> right? own instructions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Carlene, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So, tell us about one of your biggest uh, business challenges over the years and, and maybe a fellow business owner that came alongside you and helped you through it. I think one of the biggest challenges I had was maybe in the beginning. It was undervaluing myself, mm -hmm. undervaluing my services. And mm -hmm. I would even say maybe even imposter syndrome a little bit, because it's uh -huh. like, as you were saying, you're shifting the mindset from employee to now I own a business, but you don't really feel like you're, am I really a business owner when I've only been I doing this for a couple of months? <laughs> yeah. um, and instead of having a single business fellow business owner that helped me through it, I think it was actually my client. To help me through it because they started, they saw the value that I brought to the 
not only the service, but the value that I brought to their business and how it was making a change in their lives. And they would give me feedback. You know, you're like, wow, okay, <laughs> they're getting it. I'm, yeah. you know, they're understanding what I'm doing. Um, and when they start referring you to their, the people in their circle, then you realize, okay, this is legit. I'm actually not an imposter. <laughs> yes. I can do this. Yes. Oh, I love that. It, um, that idea of, of, you know, not valuing ourselves, right, means then that we, we will attract, you know, lower value clients, right, mm -hmm. because that's where we're currently perceiving ourselves. So one of the things my coach helped me with um, in the beginning was, you know, she kept saying to me, Tim, when, when you believe you're worth, you know, this much, then you'll start attracting clients who are willing to pay that much. Right. I and agree. So, so it's our own mindset. And you mentioned the imposter syndrome, right? We all struggle with that. But you know, taking taking time to to work on our mindset and work on our beliefs and and trust that that we can, you know, in fact deliver the services that we're promising. You know, then we start to see it happening with people hiring us and and then that you know helps accelerate that. But yeah, it's a it's a tough thing in the beginning to mm -hmm. when we don't have the clients yet to believe that we're worth. And the the big mistake that a lot of folks will make is that they'll significantly undervalue their work, right? Yes. And and almost give it away for free and then and then get stuck in a mentality of, well, I I guess I can only ever charge this much because that's what I, you know, that's what I charge to get these clients. So, right. I would definitely challenge anyone who was currently in that situation to start raising their rates yes. and they would be surprised and you'll go, well, why didn't I do this six months ago? Right? Why did I do this yeah. a year ago? Yes. Yeah. Um, if you know, especially you want to be obviously within the market, whatever your service or product is, but if you're definitely on the lower end, it's time to start increasing those rates. Absolutely. Right. Because there's a, there's a perception too, if you're too cheap, then you mm. must be bad, right? You must not mm -hmm. be providing a good service if you're not, if you're not charging, you know, the same amount that everyone else is charging. Exactly. It's like when you go to a website to buy software and they have like the three tiers, people tend to just choose the middle. No one wants to be, buy the cheapest, but you oh. don't really want to buy the most expensive. So it's, yeah. it's the exact same thing. Yes, exactly. And I, I love that too, because you should always have at least three options because there are, you know, a smaller subset of people that always just want the most expensive version, right? Mm. So if you don't offer a most expensive version, you're leaving money on the table because you, you know, you don't have those three options to offer someone. I agree. That's actually a really good point. So Carlene, if I was to ask you, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here and I ask you to pick three people um, in your business owner journey that you're, you're most grateful for them you know, being there for you and, and helping you along the way, who are those three people and how they help you? So I would say when I think back, um, one was a networking partner. Um, she had founded a local women's only networking group. Her name is Linda Tello. I will give her a shout out here. And that group of women was so supportive, especially at the very beginning of my business, that it just helped because, you know, when you first start working for yourself, you're alone, mm -hmm. typically, and now that we're all working from home, even more so. So having a group of people to kind of network with and not feel so alone in that journey was super helpful in the beginning. Um, then I had a sales coach about a year, a couple of years ago, and then I was pretty good at sales, even though I never, I thought, I thought I would hate sales, but I realized I actually 
don't look at it as sales anymore. I really look at it as having a conversation with someone. And if we can support you, then great. If not, then that's okay too. And being able to systematize the process mm-hmm. in which I was doing that, those sales calls, that was super helpful. Um, and then third would be someone who's actually currently operating as our fractional COO um, and helping me to systematize the operations, the back end, the HR stuff. Yes. Um, because we have a team of, of right now I have five employees and we just actually put an offer in that she accepted today. So we'll have six soon. Okay, um, so having, thank you. So having someone to help. And I will say that was one of the areas which I felt the most weak, like team meetings we have to have them but what do we do how do we do that (laughs) you know i know this is the thing is just having someone who has that kind of one the bird's eye view but two that leadership and some of the the operational pieces that i just felt like i wasn't ready to to do and that helps me feel more like a ceo because i have that team behind me yeah fantastic i love it that um that's one of the things that with that ceo mindset shift is then actually having a leadership, you know, starting to build a leadership team, right? And being able to put a a layer in between of people that you can hold accountable to running the day-to-day and and not getting into the day-to-day. So that's that's fantastic. Congratulations. It's also very scary, but fantastic. Oh, sure. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um the the women's group that you got involved in, um, I love that because you mentioned that you know, that it can be lonely at the top and right. Not when we're an employee, we, we have a manager who holds us accountable, right. Who, who we can go to ask questions to and, and keeps us on track when we're on our own, (laughs) we lose all of that accountability and support. So exactly, exactly. So um, when you, you think about the, the impact that those three people had on you or, or had on the business, can you see a correlation between your business results and and the things that they they helped you with or or you know the the interactions that you had with those three folks? Yes, for sure. I would say if I'm speaking specifically about those three people, the women's group helped me to become a better networker in the beginning because when you're working full time, usually unless you're in sales, your job doesn't really involve networking. So that was a skill I had to develop. So they were very helpful and still are with that. Um, With the sales coach, it definitely increased my sales. <laughs> so I made more money <laughs> yeah. because I was able to have a process and remove the emotion from it. You know, mm-hmm. I remember in the beginning, if someone said no, it felt almost soul crushing. Like, well, why yeah. don't you want to work with me? But you yeah. know, now it's like, it's not the right time. It's not the right fit. I've had people come back after saying no. Mm-hmm. So you don't, now there's no emotion involved. And then with the COO, I feel more empowered um, as a CEO. And again, I also feel like we've increased our um, revenue because she's helping me to create stretch goals and like, okay, yeah, I know you can hit here. And me and my mind, I'm like, wow, that seems like a lot, but then we're doing it. We're hitting those milestones. So having someone to kind of light a fire under you has been nice. Holding you accountable, accountable. Yeah. Wonderful. So shifting gears a little bit here, as you think about the next three to five years, Arlene, what are the biggest challenges that you see that you you guys are going to face in achieving your goals? And who are the types of people that you're going to need to help you work through those challenges? Yeah, so the biggest challenge I can think of off the top of my head is going to be balancing, continuing to deliver amazing services to our clients with 
the explosive growth that we've experienced mm -hmm. over the last year and a half. So while, you know, we are growing like crazy and I love it, but we also want to make sure that because our clients are used to us delivering a really good service and being, um, almost over delivery and we don't want to lose that. So yeah. that's going to be hard. And so for that would be building the right team, um, putting the HR structures in place so that we can get them, train them correctly so that they can do their job. So I don't feel like I have to micromanage everyone. Um, that's going to be for me, I think the biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. That is a, a, a very common challenge, especially with businesses that are scaling, that are growing, have seen rapid growth. And I, I use the analogy of, of building a, a, a high rise, right? So oh. if there's not a strong footings and solid foundation in place and you go to scale the building, it's going to fall over, right? So same with a, exactly. a growing business. If we don't have a strong foundation, right? A solid core and the fundamentals of the business in place and we see that hyper growth, it, you know, it starts to get wobbly and starts to have a little bit of chaos. So, you know, the team that you mentioned, the systems that you mentioned, mm -hmm. right? Ha having processes and procedures in place, mm. those are things that are critical to, to allowing the business to scale you know, well and, and scale comfortably as opposed to scaling chaotically. Yeah, so are, are there any particular processes that you would recommend that a small business has in place as they're going through that, that scale yeah, phase? The, 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 there's a couple that we recommend as a foundation. So first of all, and you, you mentioned this one already, is we call it destination mastery. So the idea is having a very clear picture of, you know, what does this business look like when it's done? Mm -hmm. you know, what year is it done? What's the revenue, profit, mm. org chart? So that there's clarity on what are we working towards. Now, done can be different things. Done can be, you know, I'm passing it down to the next generation. Done can be I'm selling it. Done can be I'm retiring. Um, and then you work backwards and say, okay, what does that look like in three years from now? And in one year from now, and this quarter, and this month, and what right. are the, the things I should be working on this week? Um, time mastery is another area where we want to make sure that we're introducing tools to help everybody be a, a, as efficient and effective as possible, mm -hmm. right? So that they're not wasting their time and 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 things like that. And then the third is financial mastery. So making sure we've got a very strong, and you'll appreciate this because this is what you guys <laughs> <course>. do, right? <laughs> making sure we know our numbers and that we've got mm -hmm. a solid understanding of our books and that they're being reconciled monthly. And right, we're making business, good, solid business decisions based on our, knowing our numbers. I, I love uh, the, the show, The Prophet. Marcus says, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. I love exactly. that. Exactly. You can't make good decisions with bad information. Yeah. So once <laughs> you have that foundation, then you focus on, you know, your marketing and sales and make, having clear processes and procedures there, then systematizing the business, make sure that, you know, all the different processes and procedures in the business are documented, like you were saying earlier, um, then making sure you've got a good solid team, like the right people on the bus sitting in the right seat on the bus. So it's all of those things is what allows businesses to continue to grow and to continue to scale. But mm -hmm. if you don't have that, that mastery foundation level, the rest of the things don't matter because the foundation's, you know, not solid and, and is wobbly. Right. That's actually great advice. Yeah. I, I love how there's a, a very, it's a process to <laughs> building processes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. the great thing is that, you know, there's, there are enough great companies out there that have, perfected these things mm -hmm. so that as as small business owners 
right? We can, there's already a, a roadmap. There's already a, a process and a methodology. Now, at, we don't have the time to necessarily go out and learn all that stuff because we're running businesses. So, you know, there's books and, and our coaches or different uh, structures out there that can help you know, speed up the learning curve for right. business owners. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Why reinvent the will? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Carlene, last question here. Um, Jim Rohn, an awesome business guru, uh, written a lot of awesome books. One of his quotes is that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So mm -hmm. when you think about that quote, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own, who aren't who aren't reaching out to others and, and getting the support like you did, what would you, what would you suggest to them? Don't, <laughs> don't try to do it on your own. <laughs> um, because it is, it is, not only is it impossible, but it's, it's stressful, mm. like physically, emotionally, and mentally, why put yourself through that? Um, so it's really imperative to build a team around you. And I think a lot of times people think that I have to go hire a full-time bookkeeper, have to hire a full-time attorney, but you don't necessarily have to do that. I mean, most of us now offer outsourcing fractional services. Like you heard me mention, I have a fractional COO. She doesn't work with me full-time. She has other clients. I could never afford to hire her full-time, but you know, I still take advantage of her services. So it's the exact same thing that people need to make sure you have. I say, you not only obviously a good bookkeeper, a good tax accountant, financial advisor, business coach, um, you want to have um, insurance agents, all these people that can help support you to get where you want to go. Um, and you mentioned, we were talking a second ago about where, you know, having that, that looking at the end, where you want to, how did you call it, retire the business, how the business is going to end. And knowing that and having the right people will help you get there a lot faster. You also mentioned earlier the the power of being part of a, a networking group, right? In terms mm -hmm. of the, the invest. Yes. So what I found, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. What I found is that most, you know, successful small business owners are more than willing to talk with brand new business owners, right, about their journey. And and ha have you found that as well to be true? Yes, yes, yes. As long as you're not trying to sell them, people would love to share their information with you. Because generally, when you are an entrepreneur, when you're a business owner, it's because you're passionate about the, the concept, yeah. and you really do want to see other businesses succeed. So yeah. they will and happily we, and, share. And we know this, right? The Our, our favorite thing Right. Everybody's favorite thing is themselves. So if you know, if somebody reaches out and says, hey, I'd love to hear uh, your story and your mm -hmm. and your learnings as a business owner, nine times out of 10, people are going to exactly. say, yeah, I'd love to talk about me. <laughs> yes. Let's set up a coffee meeting. <laughs> yes, they will. And, and they will talk. And if you ask the right questions, they will keep talking. <laughs> and I love also your advice is don't try to sell them. Right. You, you need to be going into that meeting of what can I learn from this successful business owner? Exactly. What, what advice and tips? Don't try to pitch them. They, the, the pitching opportunity may come later after you've okay. built some rapport, but don't, don't enter the conversation that way. Right. <laughs> the one thing I've learned the most about networking is I go into any networking meeting literally to build a relationship. Sometimes it may be happening. I think of someone that can refer to that person or vice versa, but I never walk into those that I'm going to sell this person because then it becomes icky. Um, and the chances of you 
getting the sale is limited to none anyway. So just really focus on getting to know them and letting them talk about themselves. Yes. Um, I'm part of uh, BNI Business Networking mm-hmm. International and and they their mantra is giver's game, right? So the yes. more we give to others, the more value, the introductions, like you said, if we can mm-hmm. buy, you know, actually use their services, there becomes this reciprocation effect that happens, right? Of the more they get from us, then there's almost this guilt feeling of I got to give something back, right? So <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. I love, yeah, I love the BNI mantra of giver's game because it does make sense. So um Carlene, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people that have helped you along the journey. If if they were all here on the show today, what would you want to say to them? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for supporting me because there are days where I, I have said, you know, why am I doing this? Mm. Would it not be easier to just go back and get a job? But my husband likes to tell me, Greg likes to tell me that at this point, I'm unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> I have been doing this way too long um, yeah. on my own to go back to working from so someone else. So it is just, it's, it's going to happen. You will have those days. And so just making sure that you thank those people for putting up with you when you have those days where you want to quit. It, it's interesting you mentioned, um, you know, some days it would just be easier to go back to be an employee. Well, um, we actually teach that concept because hmm. it it is easier to be an employee. The only reason that anyone should ever become self-employed is if their goal is to build a business that can run without them. It's, because, yes. right, that's where the true value comes right the freedom the flexibility the wealth that we all went into business for in the first mm-hmm. place if we don't have a business that can run without us then then we get stuck into that being an employee right and the and the you know all that comes with the day-to-day operations while also trying to to be the business owner and the strategic thinker and juggling all that so right you know, it's, it's always easier to be an employee. Now, yeah. you may not be able to be an employee, like you said, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> You've been an owner too long. So the goal should always be, all right, then let's scale the business, get get the right people and processes in place and, and be a true business owner that has a business that can run without us. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Here's the reality for everyone who's listening, right? If we don't have a business that can run without us and God forbid something happens to us. So growing up, my dad was a mechanic and he had, he hurt his shoulder and had to have surgery and, and uh, the surgery didn't work. So he couldn't go back to his trade. So you know, mm. if something like that happens to us and we can't work for three months, right? If, if the business can't run without us, our livelihood screwed. Exactly. And so it's a very scary thought. Yes. Right. And so I love all of the things that you're doing, right. To move you more into that CEO role and that CEO mentality and getting the right people in place. So congratulations. That is so exciting. I appreciate that. It's hard work, but it's, it is so rewarding to be able to, you know, take a vacation and know that the money doesn't stop because you're not working. (laughs) Yes. Right. (laughs) What a milestone too. When was that, when were you able to take your first, you know, true time away without having to get pulled back in? Um, Let's see. I actually was in Paris in April, May, and I really did not work. Yeah. So I occasionally you check emails because of the time difference. You know, I couldn't be there. But but still, the team handled things, which was great. 
Wonderful. That is fantastic. Well, Carlene, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you, you as so well for being on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And again, thank you to your audience for hanging out with us today. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made as a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread the movement by liking the show and posting about it on your social media. And to join us, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and I'll see you all next time. Take care.